Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right, Tony. Well, we are um, refreshed. I got my hot chocolate. You had your Klondike bar and mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, said you had no more coffee, um, but we're back at it, man. How are you, uh, how are you doing this, this season? Yeah, doing well. So, you know, I've been um, getting ready for the tundra of cold, but uh, my kids are looking forward to a lot of snow, and we undoubtedly will get a lot of snow. Actually, we're in one of the places in the country where a white Christmas is actually an extremely high likelihood. Well, if you only count it as like there's snow on the ground, uh, Mm -hmm. there's an extremely high likelihood here. But how about you? How are you doing this season? Uh you know, doing okay. It, it's a little bit different season for us this Christmas. Uh, it's going to be exciting, but a different kind of Christmas. Uh, we're getting ready for the birth of our fourth child, and so you know the kids are <clears throat> looking for that. We still haven't picked a name. Um, my uh, my boss, uh, our senior pastor, asked me about once a week if we picked a name. I'm like, nah. We've talked about it. We just you know have not uh, had. We've had trouble narrowing it down. And so, you know, you're, you're giving this child this, this name that they're going to be stuck with the rest of their life, presumably. I mean, hope, you know, you don't expect that most of them are going to go change it, you know, once they get to a certain age. I've heard of people doing that. I mean, we worked in a company where we found that out sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were some gems. Yes. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you're uh, looking through, for, you're trying to find a name, you might consult a book, uh, a name book. That's actually how we found one of our kids' names. Um, and you were talking about there in Maine uh, needing to, to warm up and stuff, and you know, heating is a big deal. Um, so, you know, if if it becomes an issue, Tony, maybe you could uh, burn some books or something uh, if you have some old books that are bad or, you know, objectionable books. Uh, book bans are becoming a thing that are discussed. So maybe that's something you could – you could go to, uh, but good. we're talking about books, but not actually destroying books, but reading books um, and, and looking back. You know, we're recording this in December, but this show up in January. But uh, around this time of the year, you start reflecting back on some things from the past year, and maybe as you look ahead, um, having some ideas of of things you'd like to accomplish or do or change or or whatever. And so, something I like to do each year is uh, make a list of books that I would like to try to to read. Uh, do you do that? I or do you I, just sort of? I kind of know in my head, but you know, but yeah, I, I don't probably have. I've got a a currently reading book uh, stack in my office. And those are things I hope to tackle in the year. But I, I, the vast majority of my reading is ebooks or audiobooks. Uh, and so that ends up, I, I end up tackling, even though I read a lot, I don't tackle a lot of my currently reading stack. Okay, so you, you map out what you're going to wear for uh, church on Sunday so that you don't make a book list. <laughs> I don't, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I, I like to make a list. Now, honestly, I've never made it through, and I'll make a list, and then I'll, I'll come across something. And I'm like, oh, oh, I should read this. And then, or I, I remember, oh, yeah, I have this book on my shelf that I've never read, or you know, whatever the case may be. Something sparks my interest. So I'm not a slave to it. 
but how well do you remember what you read? Yeah, uh, not very well. I never really have rem- uh, remembered what I read well. So, uh, and uh, you know, actually, it was interesting is that I used to kind of think that audiobooks uh, were like a poor way of reading, like a cop out of actually reading. Uh, and ironically, I one a couple of years ago, I did a reading comprehension test, like to see how good of a reader you are. And uh, I was able to test like how well I read on on all formats, and I'm just bad at remembering what I read on everything, and so <laughs> I'm almost equally as bad. Uh, and so you know, so I, I do a lot of audiobooks in part because I don't remember what I read for the most part, regardless. So well, I remember the gist, but I don't remember the details. But how about you? Um, I I have a decent memory for what I read. That's interesting because you you. I mean, maybe you're just better at remembering bigger concepts than, than details because, I mean, you'll, over the years, you've told me a number of different things that you had to have learned through reading something, or I assume, I don't know, maybe you've just been making it up. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Probably>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I, the Lord's just given me, I guess, good, good memory for some of those things. Now, um, that's you know I, I don't have a photographic memory by any stretch. Um, do do you have any kind of system for keeping track of the things that you've read or things in it like oh there was a, a particular quote or I, I want to yeah store I, this that uh, I um, that uh, I have Jeff Bezos I'm going to give Jeff Bezos all the credit you know our Lord and Master right I'm kidding uh, that <laughs> he controls that, our lives yeah I use. I keep track of all that I read by Goodreads, which is an Amazon company. And then I I use the Kindle highlights because, again, I do a lot of my reading on Kindle. Uh, and so I, I, I that actually is really helpful for me to keep track of things. Sometimes when I'll, I'll have books, I have a, like a Word document where I'll kind of write down quotes. But it's such a pain when you can just literally... You know, put your finger on it and move it and then pull it up on Amazon.com. And uh, so I use those things to kind of keep track of a lot of my things. But yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, and I actually even set a book goal on Goodreads and I, I usually surpass it by a lot. But, uh, you know, I, you know, the reason why I do this actually was uh, like probably two or three years ago, I, that I was reading a book. And uh, I was reading a book on Kindle. I got in the Kindle copy, and then I wrote, and then like by the th- at the third chapter, second or third chapter, I by that point I've been like, this is feeling familiar. And then the third chapter intro started. And I'm like, I I read this book six months ago. What's wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So what, what about funny. you? Do you use this stuff? Uh, I do have so in a. Um... It's a note-taking app, um, Microsoft OneNote. You, know, you just put a lot of stuff. It's like a online notebook. Um, I will set the goals of, okay, I'd like to read these books. And I kind of break it down by category, try to have some you know, varied reading. Now, I know reading fiction is good for you and, and a lot of reasons. And if you're just a person and you're preaching and teaching, it's valuable. I just struggle to read fiction. But I do set myself some goal with that along with a lot of other stuff. Um and so I keep track of of it that way, and um, and also again it kind of helps me to see what I'm doing and what I oh I went back into this last year, um, so I do have some kind of system and I, I do like to keep track of quotes. I mean I have 
Kindle books, probably not near as many as you. Um, I was looking in my Kindle library earlier, and uh, you know, I have you can make the different uh, collections in there um, based on I don't know if you want to categorize them by topic or something. And so I've got some collections like that, um, but I've I've not bought a whole lot of Kindle books the last few years. Um, I've just I've just bought fewer books in general. Now I've read a good bit. I've taken advantage of the local library, um, particularly because I've been interested in reading some um, some books that you know they're expensive books that I don't necessarily want to add to my personal library, and um, and I can go down a few blocks from from my office, and the public library's got them, or I can request it through them. Um, so anyway, but I, I do try to keep track of quotes and things. Now, the amount of quotes that I have versus the, the ones that I go find and then reuse in some sort of teaching or writing or speaking, it's a small percentage. And sometimes I think like, wow, why am I, why did I spend all that time doing that? But uh, I do try to uh, hang on to that stuff because, and then I found also um, a pretty useful app. It's called Obsidian. Have you ever heard of it? I have not, no. So it's a, forget what they call it but it, it's a note-taking app but it also it makes like it helps you make connections between ideas and so you can tag these things and then um anyway then you can look at it and it's, it's like this blob but then you can start you click on one thing and you see it's linked to these other things and you're like oh okay so this thing so like for instance i've got this tagged romans and then i've got this other thing here about the law and about self-justification or different things like that and you can start finding illustrations and stuff like that so it's it can be useful i just i have not come close to maximizing the benefit that i've heard some people have found from it but anyway so i've spent time doing some of that um but that that's not really what the the meat of what we're going to talk about so Tony, what what are some notable books that you read, uh, whether in the past year or or past that, that really have stood out to you? Are there things that your kids read, as you read to your kids, um, that they caused some growth, they caused you to reflect? Again, even if you didn't agree with everything there, but it, it just caused you to, hmm, I gotta I gotta deal with this. Uh, maybe cause changes in your life. Whatever, Bible, theology, ministry, culture, uh, stuff related to families. Um, just yeah, what what are some books that that have stood out. Yeah. So uh, to answer that, I want to preface. You know, I I read a ton uh, in a given year. I mean, I've just become an obsession that I always have some kind of book around me. And so I I, I do actually released a release a um, a list of my favorite books of the year at the end of the year, and that should have been out at the time of writing. But I liked it from mine because the fact that I give that every year. Uh, that uh, I'd like to kind of go through some kind of biographical ones that have been influential on my life throughout history. Uh, cause I, oh, I, I, thought you, I thought it was like biographies of you. No, yeah, no, no, those. no, not quite. So, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, and I think these kind of actually traced my reading journey too, because it's funny because I, I, you know, I'm the I'm a bigger reader than I've ever been in the past three four years. Uh, but I was I did not was not raised a big reader. I was not a big reader as in the first stages of my Christianity or in, in school really. Uh, but uh, the first book I think that really gave me a taste for reading uh, and started to change my thoughts. I remember was uh, the Gospel According to Jesus by uh, John MacArthur. Have you you read that one? I know of it. I've read snippets, but uh, I have it on Kindle. One of the books I have on Kindle. I have not read it, though. 
Yeah, so that uh, I read that probably, I don't know why. I read it when I was 17, I think. But I was 17 or 18 and I read that book. And it had a huge impact on my faith. It really challenged me in kind of the meaning of the Lordship of Christ and, and the role of repentance in the Christian life. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, and there are some quotes in that that I'll still use. I, I don't, that's a book that I don't necessarily use as much now as I, as I did then. I think there's a lot of good in it, but, uh, you know, I, I remember a line that I had highlighted that, uh, you know, is he never held forth the hope of salvation as in Jesus didn't to anyone who refused to submit to his sovereign lordship. And so that, I think that idea carried in me that we can need to reject this kind of easy believism that has has soaked in our culture. Uh, and then another one, I, and I'm sure you won't be surprised by this, but another massively influential book throughout my history was Nine Marks of a Healthy Church by Mark Dever. And you actually, you know, a lot of people have read a lot of the books that are in Nine Marks, but uh, have you actually read that one or no? Yeah, I, I know they he redid the, you know, like the latest edition, and I don't know if they, I think they made some changes as far as like yeah. they brought in missions or something. I haven't read that one, but I, mm -hmm. I read the one that was like yellow on the front. And yep, yep. I read the so I remember actually a professor of ours at college, professors. I think we've had him on the podcast. We had Kevin Burris on the podcast, right? We did. He gave me a he gave me a copy of that, and I devoured it uh, when I was in college, and I was kind of thinking through what I thought about the church. And, and that really, really heightened within me the kind of the idea. It made me a more solid Baptist, but heightened in me the idea of a strong theology of the church and a strong theology of membership. Uh, you know, and I think the section of membership is probably was this part that really most impacted me. And, and he has a line in it. Membership is the church's corporate endorsement of a person's salvation. And that was a radical idea to me but it's uh i mean i think it's a biblical idea that we've forgotten so uh and uh then i've got a few more but maybe you could give a couple of yours uh before i jump into some more so it's not just my monologue <laughs> um those are those are good i mean I, i've like i said i've heard good things about uh the macarthur one not read it um <clears throat> Nine Marks was, uh, yeah, I think I read it in college, or actually it was right after his friend gave it to me um, as a graduation present, and then I read it that that next year. Um, yeah, so that's a good question. Um, so one book that, uh, so I'm going to give, you know, some will be from this year, some from other times, but uh, a book that has been impactful that I've gone back to uh, I've read it, reread it at least once, if not twice, and, and you know picked it up for different uh, sections. And, and I'd like to use it some with my kids. And I think we've made reference to it on this podcast before. But when people are big and God is small, yep. overcoming the fear of man, codependency, and, I, and it's got a long subtitle. It's like one of those Puritan things. Um, Fantastic but, book. Yeah, and truly like life shaping for me because I've dealt with the fear. Of and for a long time and you know by god's grace it's not like it was in my life I, I haven't just licked it but it's not quite the same as it was you know at one point in my life and so that book was helpful to see it's you know fearing the lord and it is the antidote and and helping me to do that take steps toward that giving practical steps towards fearing the lord uh it's by ed welch and uh yeah just, but it's a it, really good theology in there yet very accessible it's mm -hmm. you know 
Um, it, it's not lit, written for at a super technical level um, by any stretch. I mean, it's meant to just help the average Christian um, who would pick it up. Um, let's see, what else would be good? Um, another a book I read this year. Um, it's called uh, "The Gospel of the Kingdom," Ooh. and it's by this Australian guy. Um, what is it? David Seckholm is his name, and he was like the head of this uh, Christian college in South Africa. Um, but he's a New Testament guy by training, um, but he was tracing out this, you know, this idea of the kingdom of God, and it being and he ties a lot to Isaiah, and it's it's not written at a super super technical level, but. More so than, I mean, something that you might find like on the – back when there were life ways that you could walk into. It wouldn't have been on like the front shelf as like the new feature titles. But that book was was really helpful, and he talks a lot about the word gospel and the concept of gospels um, in uh, just as it being a momentous announcement um, yeah. and then tying that to Jesus' message. And uh, but then he thinks through it from other angles about um, in terms of our preaching and our evangelism today, and just you know uh, the role that the resurrection plays in the gospel, and, and um, how you know you look in Acts, and a lot of times I think the word he used was the leading edge of of their preaching was the resurrection. So it wasn't like hey Jesus will make your life better or. He loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. It was like God raised Jesus from the dead, and He's coming back to judge you. So repent. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was kind of the way they preached. And so, just thinking through that myself and kind of meditating on that. Okay, what does it mean for our own holding out the gospel in this culture? And I think he's right that you know our culture is returning to, in some ways, some of the the shared the assumptions that they had in the first century in the Greco-Roman world. You know, what is truth and um, we're becoming a very post-Christian society in the West. We don't have the assumptions that, that were shared for a long time. And so preaching the gospel, leading with the resurrection and, and God restoring all things, um, that, that could give some uh, more persuasive power. Um, so anyway, it's very, I mean, like mentally stimulating, but also mm. practical from a, a ministry standpoint and Christian living standpoint. So, um I've got four yeah. more, but, uh, you know, I'd like uh, to kind of jump in two others related. You know, we're a family ministry podcast, and uh, I remember, you know, to my journey in reading, there, there was two books in family ministry that were hugely influential on my thoughts on these kind of topics and in the show. I mean, honestly, I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, books have been one of the biggest factors, if not the biggest factor, in shaping my passion for family ministry and then one of the first ones was show them jesus by jack klumpenhauer and mm. we had the author of that on the podcast uh, several years ago and i mean i think that is absolutely fantastic i think that's a book you know like every children's ministry leader should read you you've i know you've had we've had him on the podcast but you've read that as well right i have yeah yeah so and i just love the way that Very he good. focuses on uh, we put the gospel forward not 
chiefly good behavior. And even, you know, I, there's a really great illustration of the gospel through a report card that he gives in that. And I think it's just a really awesome tool for people. Uh, but also another one from a guy we had in the podcast as well uh, is uh, that Jason Holopolis's book, A Neglected Grace, which I like I like a lot of Holopolis's writings, but uh, his book on family worship, A Neglected Grace, was, I think, a fantastic resource. You know, it gave more of the history than I like Don Whitney's cop book on that, but I felt like Kalopoulos gives more of the history of it and is a little more nuanced on it, and and I thought it was just really encouraging and helpful. So mm. uh, you've read that one as well, I assume, correct? Uh, I have not. I know of it, but I have not read it. Yeah, so that one, and I really also like his his book about uh, children in church. So, uh, which I forget the name of that off the top of my head, but that's really good too. But uh, so, uh, what are some other books of your that you want to spe- speak about? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Because um, there's a lot that I, I mean, yeah, I've just found books to be helpful over the years. And, and like you, I did not grow up liking to read. Very seldom I'd find some book that I got real interested in. And over the summers, um, my my stepmom would encourage me to to read. There was this you know local library reading program, and for like I read so much during the week that she would let me go get a blizzard at the end of the week. Did and they give so you Pizza Hut? The, the for blizzard was what drove me. Did they? You didn't? They didn't give you the little personal pan pizza thing from Pizza Hut. They did that when I was a kid. Uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, we we didn't do that one. Um, but you know the the blizzard worked, so that, that got me to read. But it was, I would much rather be going to do something else. And, and it wasn't until college that I really started uh, just feeling a, a a desire to do it. And then and over the last several years uh, or handful of years, I really have leaned in more. I mean, I, I enjoyed the the reading we did in seminary and that kind of thing. And then being out and being able to pick more uh what i wanted to read um was was helpful um now i, I would not say this book is like you know was life-changing or something but i did find it to be a helpful book uh it's a book called deeper uh by dane ortland yep um and it's about how how we grow in christ and there's a it's, it comes in a series of books where they they give one book that is a little bit uh deeper or more substantive and then there's a shorter version that's meant to like be handed out to church members or something i I believe that this is the slightly more expanded version um but it's certainly it's not written again at a technical level but it's he's a good writer and a very warm pastoral heart um you know like with his dad being ray ortland i just i guess it just kind of he absorbed that from him um but he does a good job at showing how our growth uh, as a Christian is tied to Jesus and being joined to him. And it's not just here, here's some tricks to, to you know, do this and do that. But like it's seeing the person of Christ and realizing what it means to to have union with him. That's and good. so um, some really vivid illustrations and just a warm um, invitation to, to uh see Christ. And he, you know, he's, he's a new Testament scholar by training, but then he also brings in the Puritans and different things. And he's a pastor now too. And so, you know, he's used to caring for souls. And so, uh, that is a, a good one. Yeah. Generally, I feel like if you can find a Christian book that's authored by somebody with the last name Ortland, it's going to be good. <laughs> that's right. Even yeah. Janny Ortland. I mean, Janny Ortland's book was really good too. So I've seen hers. And then, you know, they have another brother that teaches over in England. 
Um, he's an Old Testament guy. His name is Eric. Um, yeah, so I actually have a book of his that I, I have not read yet. It's on um, something like Leviathan and something with with Job. Uh, it's it's in the it's in the the series. You know the Gray Books that uh, D. A. Carson yeah, authors yeah, yeah. or us uh, edits. Yeah, so it's in that. Um, so that's on my like to read list, but I hadn't gotten there yet. It's one of those like Kindle deals. It was two ninety nine. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll get that. And, nice. Uh, <clears throat> so that was one that I finished just recently and um, found it to be a, a good read. Um, another, um, I, I talked about not reading a lot of fiction or struggling to, but uh, back when I was in college, or actually r- right after something like that, I found that a yard sale or something, this this big compilation of Flannery O'Connor short stories. It was like the complete Flannery O'Connor. And she was one of the few people I actually liked to read when I, um, when I was in high school and in college. You know, if her short stories came up, I actually enjoyed those. And uh, so anyway, I've been working my way through it. It's, it's kind of long, but uh, I did make a big dent in it this year. But she does a – she was a Roman Catholic. In my view, though, she really does a good job at understanding self-righteousness and pride and, and our need for grace. Like the, Those themes just uh, emerge in her story so often, and she comes after people who are self-righteous. Um, have you read much of her stuff? I haven't. I'll have to, though. Um, yeah, and again, I mean, fiction can help you just like have, sort of feel with the people and these concrete experiences. Um, and she was a, a native Georgian, and so like there's pl- she's talking about places. I'm like, yeah, I know where that's at. She was actually born in the same town my grandpa was, and I think they were close to the same age. Um, but uh, but anyway, so there's some other like sentimental ties to her um, that that I have. But uh, so I've benefited from that. Um, but I, I don't. I just need to to push myself a little bit more in the area of fiction. But uh, do you read much fiction? I I do a little bit. So yeah, I read. Um, I need to do it more. I did read one book I really liked this year was uh, Flowers for Algernon. Flowers for Algernon was really, but kind of mature. But it was really good fiction as well as I also read The Road, which was not just a little mature, very 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 mature, but not glorifying any of the things in it. So. Uh, but yes, I, I, I read a little bit, but uh, I do have, I, I had two more books on my list, two that are new, that I've read in the past three or four years, probably, versus the other books have all been at least 10 years ago that I read. Uh, and the other two I had that I really wanted to mention as pivotal, uh, the first one is going to sound really odd, but uh, a book that I think highly influenced me, and even in my theology, was the Commentary on Revelation and the New International Greek New Testament Commentary Series by G.K. Beale, the theologian. And, and I, you know, and this sounds like, Man, the and listeners are probably like, Pastor Tony, this is so dorky. Like, who's going to sit down and read a commentary? <laughs> and, and my answer to that is you should. Uh, because this is like, literally, it was like, liber- it liberated my understanding of Revelation and opened it up for me. Uh, especially by, it holds that Beale holds to what's called the idealist view of Revelation. And he'll explain it, but it's it really almost makes the book of Revelation into like a devotional. I, I feel like, in a way, I've never read a commentary that feels like reading a devotional. And reading that insanely long technical commentary 
that uh, feels like reading a devotional. I'm not kidding. I love that. I could not recommend Revelation by G.K. Beale any higher. And I know he's got a shorter one, uh, and I'm sure it's good as well. But, uh, you know, you'll learn less Greek from the, uh, <laughs> from the shorter one. And then uh, finally, my final book I was thinking about today was Knowing God by Jay Packer, which I really only read that about probably three and a half years ago. And, and that it changed that actually influenced the podcast that caused me to uh, take a stance against uh, some depictions of Jesus. But, but it really isn't really essentially about that. It really uh, exalts our image of God, how we relate to God and how we understand who he is uh, in a really beautiful and simple way uh, that I think that knowing God by Jay Packer has been become a Christian classic for a reason. I assume you've read, have you read either of those? Uh, I've read um, uh, Knowing God, yeah. And what was the one you said before that? Revelation Commentary by G.K. Beale, the long one. Uh, No, I have not. No, I've heard D.A. Carson, though. And interestingly, D.A. Carson would not take the same, fully the same reading um, of Revelation that Beale does. But I've heard him say, uh, Greg owns the shop on that one. Like, he's got the best commentary out there. Um, So, and D.A. Carson's kind of... He's a beast, and he would yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So that that's interesting. So um, I've I've not read any commentaries that felt quite like a devotional, at least that, especially one that was a you know Greek in the Greek series. There is an Isaiah commentary um, by Alec Matir that's fairly Ooh. technical. Um, I've not read it cover to cover, but I've read you know read in it, and it is. For a technical commentary, it's got a, a warmth to it that did like to see the glory of God and to hope in mm-hmm. in His promised uh, Messiah. That that was unique. Like, okay, this this guy spent some time meditating on this, and you know, and he was a pastor himself, even though he had technical skills to write a commentary like that. But, um, so, hmm, another a book that I've read and just been working through. Well, it's actually two books, but they're related. Um, one is The Trellis and the Vine, and then there's a related one called The Vine Project. And Those just are viewing great. discipleship um, in terms of the, the way that, that people come into the kingdom and the way that they grow in Christian maturity is by prayerfully speaking the word of God in a you know a persevering way. Um, and it's, it's not just that the pastor or the elders do that. Um, it's that all God's people do that. And, and that's, that's God's method for growth. Um, and so – just thinking about in my own life, my family, uh, with people I encounter, but also then my, in my role, pastoral role, trying to help bring our people along, trying to help parents do that. Um, and so I've just spent a lot of time thinking about that. So that has uh, – and it's not it, – the thing that I like about it is not like here's the secret program. And they'll even say like we haven't found the secret to discipleship and we don't think that there is one. Um, it's just here's a biblical philosophy of ministry and they have you work through various passages of scripture like, hey, take a short letter in the New Testament and look at how people come to Christ and how they grow. And you start seeing, you're like, yeah, yeah, I mean this is – the, the, the means that God has given us um, in both cases are the same. Um, and so they have – Matthias Media makes those, and, and Matthias puts out a lot of stuff with the, the intent of trying to not just help you individually grow, but to help you grow so that you can help other people grow. Yeah. Um, it's this, you know, equipping ministry, and so 
they've got a whole family of resources kind of related to that. There's this little booklet called How to Walk into Church. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like one, I will say, Matthias, I know you're not listening, but um, it's a really helpful little book, but it's so small and it's like 10 bucks. I just, I don't know if there's a way that y'all could knock the price of that one down. I thought we were trying to um, get sponsorship money. Then what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I've given that out, though. I got them on, on a special discount, uh, and so I gave some of those out at a thing we did. Um, but there's a, they have another book related to it. It's, it's, it's written at a popular level, but it's not a little booklet. It's called Busy, and it's looking at those things. I read that this year, and again, it's tying those ideas together. It's very helpful. Commend it. Um, <clears throat> I mean, there's, there's a whole lot more, I could say. Um, the past well, so you gave me this idea a couple of years ago. You said you made a comment that you had like read or listened to um, a, a biography on like, every president. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. My goal was to. This is. I probably started in uh, 32, 33. and my go- I think it was thirty two. My goal was to finish it by thirty five, and I finished it by thirty four. So, yeah, so it was which was really helped me. I enjoyed it. Well, see, I and I've been a person like. I remember uh, being in like kindergarten and, and the presidential election that happened that year. And I remember like my family, extended family gathered around watching it and that kind of thing that night. And um, I've just been interested in presidents and politics and stuff like that since since then. Um, and so I was like, yeah, that's a cool thing. I should do that. And so I've been – but maybe it seems weird, but I've kind of worked backwards uh, sort of, and, and we're not yeah. like I haven't been strict, strictly chronological. I, I just finished one about the most recent president, um, and then uh, there's one in there I'm missing, but you know, working my way back. And so, um, but I, I've been over the past year looking at books that would either it was talking about the administration of a president or just talking about the time period from I, I guess the rise of the. Um, the American conservative movement as it stands now. Now I'd like to I'd be interested yeah. in seeing too with um, with progressive movement and, and changes. But I mean, with both of them, there's changes that occur over time. And so just trying to understand like how did we get to where we are now? What what things fed into it? And so that has been a um, an interesting journey and looking at those things and seeing people from different ends of the spectrum describe what was happening because i've read people from the left and the right talking about that um that phenomenon and um it's been interesting reading uh again some of the things you know you read these accounts of like people that were in the room and somebody's like wow like they said that or they did that oh my goodness um and (laughs) yeah very fascinating uh tony are there any of these things that you would like particularly suggest people you know invest some time in reading um maybe in the next year or so um i mean i guess all of them you well i don't know maybe there's some you're like yeah it's not really i wouldn't suggest you read it i just found it impactful um but what, what would you say yeah so i think uh the among the things that i listed i think that all christians should certainly read knowing god and and i think all church leaders should read nine marks not just their not just their different resources but i think they should read the original the og book or even the modern edition i i read i've read the modern one as well and it's good as well but 
Uh, you know, I think the somewhat the rest that I've listed are somewhat specialized, and and I I wouldn't blame someone for getting bored from reading a Greek commentary. Uh, but I would be select the one that I would say that I would actually be selective in who I'd recommend is the Gospel According to Jesus, which I still do like, and I've reread, I think twice. Uh, but um, I think that for that book the tone of it is just so strong that I think for some people that doubt their self prone to doubt their salvation, mm-hmm. it can do more harm than good. Uh, and so to me, I think in some ways I feel like there, you know, there are some professing Christians that need, that need the gospel according to Jesus. And there are some professing Christians that need gentle and lowly by, you know, which is a fantastic book as well mm-hmm. by, uh, by, uh, by Dane Ortland as well. And, uh, you know, I do send a recommendation list every year out, but I'll say, you know, even the recommendation list of books I send, really, I frame it kind of as my favorite books, but it's not even fully that because, you know, I read a lot and, uh, you know, I know that people need to be more selective. And so some of the things that are probably my favorite reads are probably books that I don't think most people should be using their time to read if they have limited time in reading. What would you say, Ben? Okay, yeah, I, I like that. Um, so I would say the the one by Ed Welch, uh, the when people are big and God is small. I think anybody would read that and find benefit from it because all of us deal with fear of man in varying degrees, but that it's there. We fear people more than we fear the Lord, and so that, that gets us into all kind of issues. Yeah. Um, I would I would definitely recommend that one. Um, the the deeper book as well. I think it would be very helpful. Uh, again, it's, I think it's accessible. There's a shorter one as too, and I can't remember the name of it, but um, it's it's written by Dane Ortland. So deepish, yeah, deepish, <laughs> um, deep and deeper. I don't know. Uh, th- that's a good one. And honestly, one of those books that in that Matthias Media family of um, the Trellis and the Vine, you know family of resources about your role as a disciple sort of the job description of a of a of a christian a disciple an apprentice to jesus is that yes you are seeking to know jesus more and to become like him like that's what christian maturity looks like is you're being conformed to his image yeah and then the means that happens is, is you know through his word people praying for you you praying for yourself and you persist in that um <clears throat> And that you all, it, but it's it's not an endpoint on you. Like in the West, we are very very guilty of just sort of seeing our private relationship with Jesus as like the only thing. It's like my quiet time. But that's not the the description that we have in the New Testament. And so I think just reading one of those books, um, the Trellis and the Vine and the Vine Project are definitely more towards people in ministry leadership in some capacity. Though you could still read them and. <coughs> Excuse me. You can still read them and benefit from them, um, but one like how to walk into church, or the one that's a little bit longer, but still it's it's written at a popular level. Busy. It lays out that same vision for the Christian life, um, and then helps you to think through: Are you is your busyness well directed? Is the question the guy uh, Ian Carmichael, the author, asked. Um, and I think it's just an excellent question. Like a lot of people are busy, but are you busy with the things that matter most? Are you yeah. busy with travel ball and I, I don't know shopping on Amazon or whatever. Um, and so it, it gives you this this audit to do, to think about the areas of your life 
that the people that you spend time with, what do you do with them uh, during that? How much time do you have with them? And what is the way that you could sort of the image they use is push them to the right. If we're all uh, on a looking at a chart and things are moving to the right towards a, a, this end time gathering of God's people from um, from every tribe and tongue and nation, and this we're trying to help people get there and to mature along the way. How can you help people kind of take a step to the right towards that? Um, it's just it's really practical, but really really good theology underneath that and so i would say that would be a, a good one to to go with so mine had less to do with directly you know family ministry stuff though I, just a, a moment's reflection would see like oh this makes a big difference with my my family my household the people that i deal with like the people that i spend a, a lot of time with um I, I can nudge them along and that's it's not like super varsity christianity it's just like normal christianity Absolutely. so uh take up and read <laughs> Um, so anything next year you're, you're going to try to tackle, uh, you're hoping to. Yeah. Uh, so probably a, uh, an encyclopedia backwards. I'm kidding. No, I'm not going to do that. So, uh, (laughs) that, uh, I, I had three, uh, actually four that I had highlighted that I'm, I'm excited about reading next year. Uh, and, uh, that one potentially that I'm excited about if it actually comes out. So, uh, and the first two I actually already own, I just need to get around to them. So, and the first one was, uh, losing our religion by Russell Moore. Uh, Mm. that one, you know, I, I know. I've had a lot of respect for Russell Moore in some ways and, and what he's gone through and his courage to stand and speak up and just kind of understanding what uh, happened from this perspective, though I don't agree with everything he says on things. But uh, also uh, there is a historian named Tom Holland, not Spider-Man Tom Holland, a different Tom Holland, and who's at, I believe he's an atheist, but he wrote a book called Dominion, uh, which is about the basically the way that Christian influence in the world has has brought about essentially every good thing that is that is really in our culture in our world mm-hmm. and uh, and so I want to read Dominion for I, I own Dominion and it's supposed to be quite a work but it's supposed to be really good uh, God Technology in the Christian Life by Tony Ranke I keep meaning to buy it but I'll buy that and probably read that sooner rather than later uh, one I just found out about was uh, there's a new nine marks book called love the one who drives you crazy by jamie dunlop and that sounds like something i think i would benefit from and hopefully make me a gentler person and a kinder pastor uh and then the last thing i would list is uh, this one i every year i would answer this the same way for the past like five years and that is the last volume of the years of lbj by robert caro because that's supposed to have come out like every year he's been working on this he's that robert caro writes these like thousand page biographies of uh of lbj and you know he's like four volumes in and he hasn't finished his life yet and i really really want the new book to finally come out and i want to read it so Mm. How have you been? Um, <clears throat> those sound interesting. Uh, and some, yes, I've heard of. Um, I would – well, I'd like to finish the Flannery O'Connor book uh, <laughs> that I was working on. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll make it by the end of the year, but we'll see. Um, and, yeah, I'm trying to look through my list here of, of ones. Um <clears throat> There's another book uh, that's come out. I- I've listened to a couple interviews about it. It's called Generations by Gene Twenge. You probably 
Yeah. Probably have heard of it. I, I've listened to her interviewed by a couple different people, but just talking about how the generation that we're born into and grow up with, that affects how we see the world in, in some pretty profound ways um, and how there's growing generational gaps and things like that. So um, I actually got that request for a hold at the, the local library, so uh, making use of that thing. Nice. Um, <clears throat> yeah, and then I have also um, – I'd like to continue on my, my presidential and just sort of the understanding kind of how we got to where we are currently um, in the political climate. And, you know, it's just a, a very divisive moment in American life. And so trying to understand how we got here. And uh, so I'm going to keep plowing into that. Now, I'm trying to also temper my expectations. I don't really know what to expect because I haven't had an infant in my house in a long time. And so uh, <laughs> anyway, I'm trying not to get like too aggressive because I set a, a pretty lofty goal for myself in 2022 and I actually – went past it and so then I was like all right well let me I'll try to see if I can do that again this year and I, I did and I actually went even further and so I don't think that's going to happen this next year but and that's okay and like I'm not, we're not justified by how much information we can take in so um well anyway Tony this was this was fun uh to talk about some of these impactful books and interesting books um and hopefully this will give readers some I don't know things to think about or maybe some books to take up and read um but I, I yeah, I mean, just because books can really shape our thinking, and more than an article can. Like, you have a sustained look at something, and you, you know, you're having to stop and to think and reflect on it. And it's good to read things that you agree with. It's also good to read some things that might challenge you, because then that it can help you actually learn more. And like, oh well, do I? Okay, why do I have the position that I have? Um, and just enjoy that benefit to help us grow an understanding of the world and understanding of God, how to follow him. And, and, you know, I mean, aside from scripture, of course, but connected with that, like God gave us a book, you know, he gave us a book. He didn't just, he didn't give us drawings or something. And so, um, we, we can benefit from that gift in, in a lot of ways. Amen. Well, thanks for uh, sharing with us. And, um, Hopefully that Cairo buyer, if he comes out for you, you know, I hope so. Get going. I hope so. <laughs> God bless, brother. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week. And join us again every first and third Thursday. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.